lights, camera, action. This is the Red Carpet Podcast with your hosts, Luke Anderson and Dane Salmons. Hello once again and welcome back to the Red Carpet Podcast. I am Dane Salmons and I'm joined as always by my co-host, Luke Anderson. Hi. Hello. Hello. Are you ready for this week? Oh yeah. I yeah. am very ready for this week. This is gonna be this is gonna be a really fun episode. Um, gonna try our best to not ruin any potential future job offerings. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. We uh, there there is a long track record of people on podcasts saying bad things about racial stuff. So our whole goal is to not say any sort of racist garbage, which you know it's not in my nature. Yeah, uh, so that's that's the plan. Not in my nature either, and it's less like, <laughs> and it's less that. about it's less about like not just like racist garbage, yeah, but also just the fact that we're reviewing the Netflix film Dolomite is my name this week. Absolutely. And I said as soon as that movie ended, this is going to be the hardest movie to review because it is a movie about a comedian that his whole focus is just vulgar, raunchy, dirty comedy. And yeah. it's like, how do you, like, discuss or quote things from this movie without, like, ruining every future job opportunity you get? <laughs> yeah, I, it's it's something where it's such a, you know, he was an icon, and his, his uh, you know, his comedy was iconic. And mm-hmm. uh, and I, I think it's about, you know, I, I also had the thought of just watching it. I was like, you know what, like, they're going to be people who are like, that was so raunchy. I can't believe that they, you know, had all this stuff in this movie. And it's like that movie could not have been done any other way. Exactly. Like that was his character. It's a bio. It was. That was who so, he was. So it had to be done that way. Yeah. And so if you watched last week, you might be aware that we mentioned that we were going to watch and review the film The Irishman. Obviously, things did not work out, but we'll talk about that a little more later, right before we uh, get into uh, Dolomite. But first... Let's talk about a few um move a few like industry news and a few like yeah. little announcements that uh, happened this week. Totally. So let's start off with this and probably the most, nah, second most exciting. We've got a Tremors <laughs> announcement. So, <laughs> but um, sorry, that was, uh, <laughs> I just my audio clipped. I laughed so loud. Okay, anyways, nice go one. for it. So the first big story mm-hmm. of this week is that the teaser trailer for Pixar's new movie, Soul, came yeah. out recently, just about a day ago. And it is a film starring Jamie Foxx, Tina Fey, and David Diggs, with a score, I believe, by Trent Reznor for this one. <laughs> freaking wild. That's freaking wild. Yeah. I'll double check on that in a little bit, but I'm pretty sure that is right. like Trent Reznor is doing the score for this movie. And that's just like, that's wild. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean... That trailer's music was so good. It was. So freaking good. Yeah. I could spend a whole 20 minutes just talking about this one-minute teaser trailer. I know. I, I could, too. Like, it it had just such a such a flavor to it. Um, the the way that at least the, the initial city shots where it kind of sets up, like, this whole kind of very bustling city, it was very much that, that Rhapsody in Blue, that classic cartoon Rhapsody the, with the Rhapsody in Blue background, like, very much that just and and as jazz pianos everywhere and just freaking just a rhythm to it pixar pixar themselves like pixar's always been great yeah but they've really stepped up their game as far as like scenery and like environments go i think since like the good dinosaur they've just like blown it 
out of the water with yep. like these like landscapes and like landscape shots. They're just gorgeous. And another thing that stood out to me from this teaser trailer immediately, besides just how good the music is, and you got freaking Nine Inch Nails doing the music for this <laughs> Pixar movie. The other thing that stood out to me was that when they were announcing, like, this is from the studio that brought you this, 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 they very easily could have said, this is Pixar's soul the, from the studio that brought you Toy Story and Finding Nemo and Monsters, Inc. They're big mm -hmm. titles from the studio that brought you Cars because, like, that is a absolute, like, ticket seller right there. <laughs> uh, they went with from the studio that brought you Inside Out, Up, and Coco, which – for all intents and purposes, at least in my opinion and a lot of the internet's opinion, are three of the saddest Pixar movies ever made. Yep. They're just soul crushers. And so right off the bat, they're saying, hey, you remember these three movies that made you cry like a little like a little baby? Here's another one for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. You're, no, totally. Like, like, And it's not hard to imagine how that gets to be uh, a very – if not sad, a very introspective movie. Like, mm -hmm. like I mean, it, it seemed almost like very. It reminded me a lot of Inside Out. Yes, you know, with the time I spent watching it. So we we already joked. There's always that like Pixar joke of like, you know, the meme where it's like, what if toys had souls? What if um, fish had souls? What if monsters had souls? Um, what if dinosaurs had souls? Then you had Inside Out. What if feelings had souls? Coco, what if the dead had souls? And now we're at, what if souls had souls? Like, so the <laughs> meme has finally come full circle. What if souls had souls? So yeah. I'm, the other thing, um, I have a tendency, right? And I'm sure that this is a very relatable talk topic to a lot of people. When you get introduced to something new that you've never heard of before. Like, wow, I've never heard of that. That's crazy. And it's introduced to you. And you're like, wow, that's new. What is that all about? And then all of a sudden, it just starts popping up everywhere. You don't hear the end of it. You introduced to me last week, like right after the show, after we finished mm -hmm. uh, our show, you introduced me to Clipping, which is a experimental rap group Featuring David Diggs. Yeah. And beforehand, like I knew Hamilton. I didn't recognize the name David Diggs. But all of a sudden you say that. I'm like, I, so I start listening to Clipping. I've done nothing but listen to their music for the last week. Yep. Thanks a lot. No problem. First of all. Go listen to Clipping. Everything <laughs> is so freaking good. Every album is good. Go ahead. So <laughs> you introduce them to me. I go. I check out the Pixar Soul trailer. David Diggs is the co-star. I'm like, what? I go into the Reddit comment section. One of the first comments is just, I want to see a clipping track in this in this movie. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I'm never going to hear the end of clipping. They're now going to be the next big thing because you introduced me to them. And now everyone's going to start talking about them. Yeah. Da David Diggs has had a fascinating history in entertainment. Um, he was in a an independent film that I, I don't recall the name of. I need to go check it out. I heard it's really good. Um, but I really want to watch that. Uh, you know, like I said, I've been following clipping for many years now. Um, and then also he was, you know, he was in Hamilton. So like, yeah, he's pretty incredible. He's an incredible talent. And, uh, I'm so excited to see him in what could, I mean, it's interesting cause it's animated. People don't usually have breakout performances yeah. in animated movies, but 
potentially I could I could see this being at least it's something that is more mainstream that he's able to get to be a part of. Obviously Hamilton is totally that, but yeah. movie wise. Right. Yeah. Like at, I think I think Pixar's big. They get some big names for Pixar. Oh totally. I mean, is he gonna get like probably a big breakout in the film industry? I don't know. Probably not. But yeah, like yeah. you know, at least as a voice actor it shows like, hey, this is a name and when he's one of the top three build right like right. voices of the movie yeah you know there's like that's put, pretty big put money in his hand that's exactly paid paid off he digs he <laughs> deserves it yeah, yeah. please watch listen to clipping please <laughs> yeah. listen to clipping yes. listen to their album um there existed an addiction to blood it yes. is fantastic if you yep. especially if you like horrorcore type experimental rap music yes they're just fantastic. We are now the um, hip hop podcast. Yeah. Oh yeah. Two 20 year old white guys talking about hip hop. <laughs> That's right. We are one of 20 new podcasts where all of this is happening. We're Gosh. now moving on to Joji. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> new music from Joji. Um, I for one think machine gun Kelly. Okay, no, anyways. Um, okay. So yeah, I love hip hop, but uh, I'm not gonna, we're not going to be that. We're no, not going to be that podcast. No, I don't I'm, be that podcast. I'm good. No one wants to hear me talk about that okay but the point is this is this i really i'm this was a fantastic like yep. little teaser they especially because especially compared to the next movie trailer we're going to talk about there's still an area of intrigue and mystery about what is going on like if you don't look up the plot it's very like you don't know exactly what's going on like i know for a fact that like jamie fox is playing the main character who's an aspiring jazz drummer and he accidentally gets his soul transferred out of his body and meets another soul and things like that. But by bo watching the trailer, it's like none of that is like entirely clear. Like it's shoving trailer. it, it's a good trailer that is exactly what it's meant to be. Not like spoiling the whole movie. It's teasing you with what this movie is going to be. And I'm sure there'll be another more official trailer that'll show off more. But this was a fantastic little teaser. Now, as for the next trailer, I. <laughs> can't say the same thing for that yeah i i actually had that same thought too the yeah. same thought that you had. i was like man it feels like they're maybe showing quite a bit i just so the trailer in question we're talking about so we're not leaving people like in the dark want to spread some visibility to this movie gosh dang it <laughs> go on we this is the invisible man trailer yeah and i wish the plot had been a little less visible during this uh, trailer yeah yeah i yeah, I that trailer. There were some certain scenes in that trailer that I thought looked pretty rad, um, but yeah, like overall, like it felt a little like, all right, you could have maybe made this trailer half the length, you know? Yeah, literally, I was gonna say the... like this is a fantastic trailer if you only watch the first like minute of yeah, the of yeah. the trailer. It is like even the acting they choose to show off where she's like acting crazy. I even that thought like, and I love her as an actress. Mm -hmm. uh, I what do I don't I don't know. I think it's Elizabeth Moss. Yes, yes. She's incredible. Loved mm -hmm. her in, in Mad Men and, you know, Hand, Handmaid's Tale and all that jazz. But regardless, it was like, why did you choose to show this? Like, the, the most, like, cliche, like, I'm crazy. Yeah. Um, it, it, like, spoiled all, like, the big plot points, I feel like. At least, I literally feel like I'd watched the entire movie through that trailer. Like, to the point where it's, like, they showed off, like, where these, like, big characters are probably going to die. Like, showing off, like, the mystique and intrigue and those plot points of, like, it's, he's invisible, he turned himself invisible, he's not, 
<laughs> you, right, right, huh? They didn't all that, really yeah. say that. But, like, the effects of the Invisible Man, like, especially in the first minute, were really good. Like, when she's outside and it's, like, cold and you see her breath. And then, like, right behind her, like, someone's breathing and you see their breath, but there's no one there. Yeah. Because like, it's an Invisible Man. So. I just, this, it, it's totally the prime movie to just be, like, we're going to do some sick practical effects. Or not, or yeah, yeah, practical. Keep mm-hmm. it practical, and and yet they still like show a CGI invisible dude in this trailer. Yeah, which I know that sounds whatever. Like when this comes out, they might do it well, but it was something where it was like really like like you're going to give up your like that's the core concept of this is the yeah. psychological horror part, and you they literally in this trailer take that away from the movie. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I I um we're gonna be talk be talking a little bit about. Uh, Scorsese's thoughts on uh, focus groups and mm-hmm. how that they are they might be impacting cinema. This was one of those things where I thought, yeah, this seems like something that was focus tested. And someone said, "Is it even a guy?" And they said, "We, I guess we got to tell them in the trailer, otherwise they're not going to see this movie." I know. It's just that this was originally going to be a dark universe movie, which if the mummy had if the mummy hadn't crashed and burned, the Invisible Man was supposed to be a dark universe movie. Whether it was this exact kind of movie or something different, I'm not sure. But this would have originally been in that universe, and it would have been starring my favorite actor in the whole world, Johnny Depp. So tell how, how why do you love this actor so much? You know, I don't want to hear the words, Johnny Depp has been cast ever again, unless it ends with Into the Ocean. <laughs> Never again. Johnny Depp has been cast off of a cliff. That's what I want to hear. It's just the issues I have, the issues I have with Will Smith, like I talked about in Gemini Man, where Uh it feels like he just picks bottom of the barrel movies and just plays the same role and not particularly well, applies directly to Johnny Depp. He is an actor. That I think I mentioned before, like the last movie I saw him in that like actually impressed me was Black Mass. Yeah, yeah. And that was a movie where the only thing going for it was that Johnny Depp actually cared and gave in a decent performance. And the rest of the movie was like kind of a mess. I have a thought. Is Johnny Depp to acting what Tim Burton is to directing? <laughs> Be- oh, God. <laughs> like... <laughs> Because there's too many layers. Like there, there is. They both seem like one-trick ponies that just have gotten very stale. Maybe that's the reason that Tim Burton was so busy trying to cuck himself, like with his wife and Johnny Depp. (sighs) Yikes! Like casting Johnny Depp and his wife as romantic partners in every movie. Perhaps that's why that Tim Burton was so obsessed with this cuck fetish of his. You know what? We can't talk about Tim Burton if we don't put a... We have to put a black and white filter on for us to actually be able to talk about Tim Burton. I'm not putting a black and white <laughs> filter on this. <laughs> and then we need, like, uh, we need to go to Hot Topic and, like, buy out the store and just, like, put it on the wall. And then we can talk about Tim Burton. You sound like my bloody sister. <laughs> I hope my sister doesn't listen to this. <laughs> I'm going to be in so much... I'm going to be in so much trouble. But... Yeah. Anyways. So, oh, my gosh. Um... Yeah, I mean that's that's the Invisible Man. That the is Invisible Martin Man. Scorsese, that is Martin, Martin Scorsese's well, I, Invisible Man. That um, might be good. That, that might, might be, be good. I'm I'm I guess I want to be cautiously optimistic on this, but I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, 
Here's the big story, the big, exciting blockbuster announcement of maybe the entire month. Hit us. John Heater has joined Tremor 7, Island Fury. What do you have to say on this one, Luke? Absolutely nothing. Okay, so talking about Scorsese. No, I don't want to go on yet. I want to give a shout out to my brother. When you, whenever you do watch this, bro, this one's for you. So he's the only person alive who continues to watch tremors. Honestly, he might be the only person. My brother has the most obsessive like fandoms. He watches every single tremors movie. And when I tell him this announcement on Monday, he's probably going to flip a lid. Bless, bless his soul. Bless his soul. He's a, he is not a fan of the Hellraiser movies, but he watches every single one whenever one comes out. Including the crappy ones that come out like every like a couple years ago. Anti Hellraiser pro tremors. Yeah, anti right. Hellraiser pro right. tremors, <laughs> but he'll watch every single movie Sick. in the series, Sick. no matter what. Just talk to him. Just you should come over on Monday when I talk to him on the phone and listen to his reaction when I tell him, "Hey, they're making a new Tremors movie." We'll record it. And his excitement. And then listen to his reaction when I make up that a new Hellraiser movie is coming out. And <laughs> it's just it's watch like resigned, like I the, have to do it. Just the pure dread and just the pure dread and furious anger that comes from deep within himself as soon as Hellraiser is announced. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's a sight of beauty. The only thing he gets angrier about is trying to describe the plot of Halloween 2 by Rob Zombie. Who And who among us has not gotten angry while trying to explain the a rob zombie rob zombie movie period i can describe a rob zombie movie trailer trash legitimately trailer trash not like heartwarming trailer trash like legitimate like you go you don't get out of my trailer park right now boy get on it get come on get so uh we've talked about rob zombie we've talked about Tim Burton. We've talked about Johnny Depp. We've talked about Tremors. Uh, can we talk about Martin Scorsese for real? Yes. Let's talk about Martin Scorsese. Lead awesome. the way. So, yeah. So, um, the the saga uh, has, uh, I, in my opinion, come to a close. I don't think it probably actually has. But Martin Scorsese was like, hey, like, I think Marvel movies are more, uh, are more uh, thrill rides, basically, than actual cinema. And he got a lot of heat from it. Um, uh, Bob Iger, uh, massive, probably billionaire Bob Iger, I would imagine. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but ha- decided that he was extremely offended that Martin Scorsese would say such an, a horrific thing about Marvel films. Um, anyways, as I have thought more about this, I've like been like, okay, I'm starting to see maybe maybe Scorsese has a point here. But then he came out with this opinion piece for the New York Times, which, frankly, after reading it, I was like, you know what, like. It's so good. Like, of course, I would expect, I should expect Martin Scorsese to be a, a killer writer. And like, but this was just one of the most like, just fascinating and interesting kind of insights into modern, the current, um, I guess, theater landscape, like modern cinema landscape, and also into just like the history of, of cinema in general. And he, he really touches on both these things and kind of why he's grown so weary of Marvel movies. And it's like, it just hit really hard and I, there were just some pretty incredible things in here that, uh, but 
all of this also he kind of couches in the fact that he's like look i'm talking about how large corporations are basically monopolizing uh cinemas um and at the same time i'm making a movie for netflix right so he kind of is willing to kind of walk both lines there and say look these are some issues that but still like i'm able to make this movie i'm great grateful for it um but i think it's safe to say that um streaming and the current the way that franchise films the way he describes it have kind of taken over what people are seeing right. i think it's really um pertinent to right now um you know at a time where we i've been trying to see jojo rabbit yeah for the past like many many weeks and it has not, it, i don't think it's even in idaho uh, which i don't is think crazy so. which i guess shouldn't surprise me but at the same time it's like boise like maybe boise has it but it's like i don't know it's this disappointing yeah, it's not just like, you know, streaming services and all that, but also like just the lack of availability of like independent yes. and art house theaters, like especially in a lot of places. Mm -hmm. Boston, I know, has two or three. I don't know how many there are in the state of Idaho. Like at least nearby, you'd have to probably go like a few hours out of our town to be able to go see like independent movies. It's just not accessible. I think legitimately... From what I read, I could be wrong. Scorsese's hometown only has three theaters that are showing The Irishman. Like, home city, hometown. Like, there are legitimately yeah. only, like, three theaters that will even show it in, like, where Scorsese's from. Yeah. I could be wrong on that. I'm not sure. I read something about that. But it's, like, it's just so hard to be able to watch independent movies like this, mm -hmm. especially in an era where it's, like, these blockbusters you get blockbusters at every theater but like if you want to go see a movie like this you have to go way out of town and go way out because it's just so hard to come by and so unaccessible and i think it's also relevant because like just the way streaming services is we were so determined to go see the irishman this week yeah oh and yeah. talk about it we were really well, determined already mm -hmm. and because it said release november 1st but that's just at what do you know independent art house theaters like select select theaters that'll show that movie that probably the closest one to us is like four or five hours away yeah so yep it's not releasing on netflix until the 27th i believe right or sometime within that week yeah and so um yeah it it was it kind of made things a little bit complicated as far as we ended up deciding on uh doing another movie which we will get into in a little bit but just to i want to you know kind of talk a little bit more about this because it is something that um, I think the core thing that he points out is that there are fewer independent independent cinemas than there ever have been, which already that's a big deal. But then he goes on to say like, look, people are saying, oh, well, people are just going to see the movies they want to see. But the truth is, and I, I hadn't even, I don't know why I hadn't thought of this, but it's like, no, they're only watching the movies that they are being shown, right? Like if you go to a, any, you know, traditional town, you're not gonna be able to watch The Lighthouse. You're not gonna be able to watch Jojo Rabbit. You're not gonna be able to watch The Irishman. You're going to be able to watch, um, you know, whatever the latest uh, Maleficent or, you know, it, it's, and I, I, and he makes the point here of saying like, look, like there's a lot of craft in these movies. And he talks about how like he sees uh, even some of Hitchcock's films as being, as him almost being his own franchise. How at the time, they would go to these theaters to see Hitchcock's movies every time they would be packed. And the way he describes the relationship between the audience and the screen is very similar to how you would describe it today with the, our relationship with Marvel movies. But the difference is where that place is coming from. And I think the 
the biggest thing that he said that really I think hit home like this is why he's able to talk about this stuff this way was and I I've, I've been trying to find the the exact quote this entire time but um okay here we go so he's talking about cinema in general movies in general about when he started making movies and when he and the other people were starting to make movies he says um, it was about confronting the unexpected on the screen and in, in the life it dramatized and interpreted and enlarging the sense of what was possible in that art form. And the key, and that was the key for us. It was an art form. There was some debate about that at the time. So we stood up for cinema as an equal to literature or music or dance. And we came to understand that the art could be found in many different places and in just as many forms. That idea of him coming up when he is, they were fighting to just be relevant as an art form is a pretty bold thing, a pretty insane thing, right? And yet, I think that it, it says a lot about maybe why he has, harbors some animosity about now these large corporations kind of pulling it back into just being about this pure entertainment. And I, I guess I appreciate what he was saying because it's kind of pointing out like, look, like we need to be wary of how much we keep committing to all these huge corporations monopolizing entertainment um, and in a way taking it really back to something that is really a for-profit thing which it's always for profit artists need to get paid yeah but it's i don't know i just really uh respected his his ideas here um it yeah anyways i don't know that those are my thoughts it's an interesting thought especially but don't you feel bad for like all the like negativity that scorsese has thrown onto someone as poor as like poor old disney yeah yeah poor old how are they ever going to recover how how is this multi-billion dollar company when i go to the theater next time when like i when star wars marvel and like when those continue to be the highest grossing films for the next 10 years I, you know, you know what? I'm going to be thinking about, you know what? Martin Scorsese, you know what? Just he just unfair. sucks. How just dare unfair. he? How dare he? How Literally. Yeah, look. You sound like every Twitter comment I've ever read about this whole story. Are you trying to tell me that The Godfather even compares to the artistic mastery of Black Panther? <laughs> like, look, I Black Panther's the best movie I think that they have made. Genuinely. But at the same, at the same in the same token, it's like, look, like... These are all, apples and oranges. In terms all of Scorsese does is make gangster movies starring Al Pacino. It's exactly the same every movie. When is the last time Scorsese has done something as creative as a movie like Black Panther or a movie like Avengers Endgame? You're right. <laughs> I don't want to talk about So I guess, he, yeah, I guess just to kind of close on my thoughts on this, I don't want to just totally bash on Marvel. For me, it's mainly the people who feels so feel the need to come to the aid of these like of this multi-billion dollar corporation and is like now heralding its own streaming service that's going to only make this a worse situation. I guess it's just something where I respect, and he even goes in to say this, he and like, and I agree, he, there is a lot of talent that goes behind Marvel's movies. And I agree with that, but there was recently a, a great microcosm, I think of my issues with Marvel's movies. There was a director recently who I don't remember what I think she was directing Captain Marvel originally. She was the original director for it and was pulled and and stepped away from the project because Disney said, we'll take care of the fight scenes. We'll take care of the action scenes. And she was like, "Uh, no. Um, But it's a thing where they have this basically a style guide for Marvel. Mm -hmm. And so every time I see a Marvel movie, he talks about it a lot here. There's a lack of consequence to the stories. 
because you know at the end of the, and that's that's inherent to comic books which is fine but where it's like okay there's going to be you know maybe some shifting but at the end it all comes to the same place like that that's core to comics but to see it in a movie format you you go in and there are some stakes but those stakes never feel that big there's a reason why endgame didn't shake the world to its core for years on end it's because you watched it and you went like that's crazy but let's see how they bring them back because yep. they, they're going to come back you know and i think that's uh that's disappointing but anyways those are my thoughts on marvel i i wanted to get it out a little bit we're going to name this episode the uh martin scorsese marvel episode of the red carpet podcast <laughs> because we have about 15 minutes I to talk so about <laughs> i just i got so, on a high horse Excuse let's me. go right into it let's get right into it and break down the movie yeah i mean Besides just like entertainment, I don't know what I want to say on this exactly. Yeah. So it's, I'm figuring this one out like on sure. the fly. Well, let so me, yeah. introduce the movie for Great, us real yeah. quick. So we saw the incredible movie also on streaming services. So we're hypocrites, but we That's, thought it would well, be appropriate. I think it was appropriate since we didn't get to do The Irishman to do a different streaming service Netflix film. Yes. Um, but I think also, you know, a, a return of an incredible talent uh, because we have Eddie Murphy in Dolomite is my name. Uh, and Eddie Murphy is playing Rudy Ray Moore. Uh, it's directed by Craig Brewer, and it has a stacked supporting cast. Just stacked. I, I was like, usually I make a list to make sure, you know, I don't forget anyone, but I was like, come on. So we have, let me get back in here. We have Eddie Murphy, obviously. And then we have Wesley Snipes, Keegan-Michael Key, Craig Robinson, Mike Epps, Titus Burgess, Divine Joy Randolph, Snoop Dogg, T.I. It just, just it's loaded. fantastic. It's a loaded and, and cast. And they all are brilliant. It's a yes anyways it's i said last week that the peanut butter falcon was probably one of the most heartwarming movie experiences i've seen in a while this in the same vein this might have been just one of the most fun movie experiences i've had in a while if peanut butter falcon was fun in the sense that it was just a heartwarming film this was just straight up fun you know like there were times we're just sitting there and like I mentioned, this is a movie about Rudy Ray Moore who created a character known as Dolomite and the whole appeal with Dolomite was just this crude, rude, vulgar, dirty comedy. Yeah. Like stuff we stuff. cannot repeat on this podcast yeah. if I want to graduate from BYU, <laughs> from BYU, Idaho, yeah, yeah. but it's just the most vulgar comedy possible. Yeah. And there, there's just moments where he says something and it's just so crude and ridiculous that we just looked at each other and started losing our minds. Just like yeah. he did not just say that yeah. or they did not just do that. Like there is a sex scene in this movie that is just, ridiculous I mean, it's, it's such a good scene though it's so funny it's so good like it was one of those things where i'm like well i'm glad i'm you know me and you are the only people in the room having to watch this because it would be very uncomfortable otherwise but at the same time the way it was done it was a sex scene about sex scenes and mm -hmm. i thought that was really great right it was very funny yeah it was it was just such a fantastic scene and i mean you i don't want to spoil the movie no but it's just it's just a crazy I mean, ridiculous. Yeah, so it's based on a true story. Yes. And yeah, and uh, the premise is wild, uh, and and everything that kind of happens in it, uh, you know, I I had never you know heard this story. I, I had known that Dolomite was a movie that existed, but that was about all. Um, but learning about that information, the some of the just background behind it was pretty incredible. And Eddie Murphy's portrayal of Rudy Ray Moore is 
maybe my favorite acting of the it year. It was really good. It's so, so good. Like, he Eddie, is chewing up scenery in a way that not a lot of actors do these days. Eddie awesome. Murphy, like, what a return to form for Eddie Murphy. I don't think he had been in a movie no. that was, like, well-regarded in, like, in at least, like, a decade. And so, seeing this movie and just seeing Eddie Murphy, I can say it. I can say it. Like, Eddie Murphy is back like in form in this movie and he's just a fantastic hilarious performance from him and an absolutely like heartfelt performance as well i don't want to say heartfelt and heartwarming too much because (laughs) we said that a lot during the last movie but it's just the generosity and like care that he showed in his performance like playing rudy ray moore was just outstanding the whole movie focuses on this character that wants to be famous, right? Yeah. He wants to be famous and he creates this character that gains him popularity. And one of the things that's great about this movie is that you expect like the ball to drop at some point. Yeah. It's everything to come crashing down. And besides like one little moment that there are some, yeah, there's yeah. like dips, but there's never that huge, like crazy second act dip where like everything like falls apart. Yep. And he has to accept it. Um, it's like a very just fun, happy movie. Like besides those minor dips, like where he's trying to figure out how to get his film distributed. Yeah. And it's, what am I trying to say here? It is, it is a movie that just focuses. Like the theme of this movie, like when you come up with like theme statements and like, what is the theme of this movie? I think this one hits it home very strong. The theme and the idea that you can do whatever you want if you put set your mind to it. Like, don't let anyone tell you that you can't do it. And and I think especially, I mean, this this is a movie that is all about the idea of minority groups coming up against these huge powers, right? Like the powers of you know, like huge production companies. Disney. Yeah, sure. Yeah, you know, and, but but like literally going up against these powers in you know different in different ways and. and very empowering um and and it's exceptional to see it. it's exceptional also to see that like like when there is a there's an incredible scene that i without getting into it too much between uh um rudy ray moore eddie murphy's character and uh this executive where he basically says i don't want you to do to me what you did to chuck berry which is an incredible incredible thing to talk about yeah um, because uh it if anybody hasn't taken the chance, they should go and look into the ways that um, that basically white production companies would have continued to, and especially did in the past, profit and basically take money away from black artists, um, whether that be dance routines on rea- on like shows back in the day, or like, yeah, it, it's it's a whole past that that is really exceptional, and so it it felt felt liberating in that way of like this feels like a movie that is addressed at like no, we're gonna go in on this and like mm-hmm. and it's. And every time where they keep, where they say like, okay, let's make it more like this, or let's, you know, let's, he just he takes the hard left, you know, he just keeps taking the the option that is the most creatively his, and the most he's like, no, I gotta be true to what, you know, to what, uh, you know, to what he thinks that his audience wants, and I think it's exceptional. It uh, is. Yeah. It um. Yeah. Great movie. Um. Anyways. It's, it's just it's just it's just a great fun hilarious movie, but. You have to go in understanding, especially because, like, I'm certain a lot of this audience is LDS because this is 
promoted to a lot of like uh, my BYUI friends. True. You have yeah. to go in understanding this is a very hard R rated movie. Like yeah. this is like the this is a vulgar film. Yep. Like this is this is a movie focusing on a comedian who focuses on dirty humor and so the humor in this movie is very very dirty. Like I can't repeat the joke, so you can't get an, any idea. But if you look up Rudy Ray Moore yeah. or just look up Dolomite, you'll probably get a taste of like. Yeah, I mean, he he like I, I was talking about it with uh, someone who we checked the, the some of this equipment out from. And basically it was like, you should watch this. Like it's vulgar, but it's also kind of a movie about vulgarity and about uh, about how we see it. And so I thought it worked just stellarly. Like it was just. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think another aspect of this that I, I just got to say, which goes into, I think the vulgarity a little bit, uh, maybe not so much the vulgarity, but the, um, how good the writing is in this movie, how good the cinematography is in this movie, that just the style this movie has yeah. is so thick and rich. The costume design too, oh, like with those so dolomite good. outfits so and like the dolomite outfits and like the other like comedians and what they're wearing, like just the costume and makeup, like, the cinematography too is just really, really good. It's and just it's so all such a back and yeah, yeah. It's such a bright, colorful movie, which I think reflects the mood of the film, which is just a fun, feel good, although kind of vulgar movie. You yeah, know? yeah. And and I think part of that vulgarity is you kind of see it in uh, the song that he performs with. Uh, is it Lady Lady Bird? Is that Lady B? Lady B. Excuse me. Lady Reed. Lady Reed. We, we all got Lady it B. Lady B. Lady Bird. We're thinking about she mentioned something about like. Yeah. No, it's because she, I think her stage name in the movie was Queen B okay, or something. Some, yeah, I don't. I think it was. Well, anyway, whatever. Something like that. But the the point is, is like there there is a scene in there where they are like singing this this horrifically raunchy song, which is hilarious. But the reason it's so funny is because it's very obviously a satire of like old white country music uh-huh. uh and so it was just so oh, it's so good um yeah but um and going along just the rhythm of the way that things are spoke the way he talks in the eddie murphy the way he talks in this the rhythm he has in it where he is just constantly just just hitting these just one-liners yeah, yeah. you come away just like thinking in one-liners and you know uh, movies movies are embellished right, right? Oh, of course and all films course. are embellished like i doubt I mean, yeah, I could be yeah. wrong. I doubt because they said, that's my cousin's car you just blew up. I doubt that it was legitimately like he didn't know the car was going to be blown up. Yeah. <laughs> I could be wrong. Maybe it was. And it was a big thing. Yeah, yeah. Or that um, the writer didn't know that they were going to be like crazy comedic with the sex scene in the movie. You right, know? right. But what they do do. What, what they do do. <laughs> Comedy. We are comedians. <laughs> That's right. See our special called Triggered on Netflix. We're going to talk about poop and pee and things that the liberals don't want us to talk about. Oh, my gosh. What was I trying to say? What? Oh, my. What the movie does do at the end, they talk about like in like an epilogue type like end credits deal like what happened with rudy ray moore that he continued to do comedy that he made more movies um so like that in and of itself shows like hey this character was told this is too much you can't do this give up like do go get a go do something else and it's like then he like after being told this won't work it's not going to work this isn't going to happen it's too much like he managed to make a movie and then make like 
more like three or four more movies but then the other thing like when you're talking about like the rhythm and the way he spoke is that when other black youth right mm-hmm. discovered rudy ray Moore yeah, and they, listened like, to him yeah. it helped like spark like the rap scene and so yeah. he's referred to as like the godfather or the grandfather of rap yeah. right yep and and from the beginning i even i didn't even know anything about the story and yet when it started when he started i was like Sounds a lot like rapping hip hop, and I was like, I don't know. I I would imagine that. A lo- I mean, he it kind of makes it clear in the movie that his style of comedy had roots further back, mm-hmm. right? That they it was considered like, oh, you're taking the old jokes and you're bringing them new, making them new again. Um, but uh, I was like, man, this feels a lot like rap and hip hop. And then the more you get into it, the more you're like, oh, like okay, no, like this is. And they start making it more and more clear that that's the case until finally the end, they just say it, and it's like, wow, all right, that checks out. Yeah. Um, in fact, there, there. The entire time while we were watching, I was like, "Oh, that was sampled in this. Uh, you know, that line is sampled." Yeah, in this there was rap that song. one line you yeah. said. He There's said something. He said something like really like out there. Totally. And you're like, I think that's in a song. Like that's one of his favorite famous lines yeah. because that was used in the song. Yeah. You no. Know? And I remember that, and it's like, really was like he helped influence it. So like. Even just there, you know, talking the idea of, like, never give up on, like, your goals or, like, giving up. Like, dude wanted to be famous. He became a popular comedian, comedian, managed to create multiple movies that, like, from what I read, it never, the Dolomite movies never really, like, reached a mainstream appeal of, like, white audiences. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they they make it clear in the movie where all all the critics are like, this is... Putrid yeah. trash or whatever. And it's Putrid like, Come trash. On. Whatever they say, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. And but he managed to do that and then he sparked a whole like I don't know what the right word is. I don't know movement, genre. Yeah. I mean like, it definitely probably popularized that mm-hmm. genre. He popularized that bla- a whole black another genre. And that whole yeah. genre just and just hip hop in general. Like he and hip, like, yes, helped and then spark the, the genre like the hip hop genre. And music, like, yeah. 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 Oh gosh. So. I, I wish I I mean, this goes to show, right, why this movie needs to be made. Because, like, I would have never known this guy existed. Right. And it sucks that I wouldn't. But it's so good that it, that it, that um, I, I think, one, it's good the story is told, period. Um, two, I think it's great that the story is told in this time, which is a time where a lot of, I think, uh, with good reason, a lot of minority groups are wanting to try and grab onto some sense of feeling empowerment um, in, you know, at, at a time where, frankly that you know between government government and just systemic issues it's all kind of coming to light that at least maybe it's only for us that it's coming to light and they're like oh we've known all along but yeah. um, but it's just i appreciate what this movie uh is trying to do um and what i think it i think it's just successful at it i, think I agree it's awesome i definitely agree and like Get, I'm going to get like the Dolomite song stuck in my head as well. Just thinking like when they created the theme song, Music's like Dolomite. 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 Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. It's, there's just so much good stuff that comes out of this movie. Like, and it's just, you I, know, I if was, you're willing. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, if you're willing to put up with like that kind of humor and it's not going to scare you off immediately, coward. Um <laughs> It's just such a fantastically yeah. enjoyable movie and very positive, like and not just positive in the like, oh, it's happy, but like really good message. I think. Yeah, and as a guy that obsesses over like negative sad movies, like and movies that like leave you just feeling like crushed at the end, 
Uh, like I am an avid viewer of just the most gut wrenchingly sad animes possible, right? If it's a mo- if it's a show that's gonna make me cry by the end of it, like Your Lie in April, I'm going to watch it and I'm going to cry while watching it. And so, just watching a movie like this, where it's just such a positive message and just a happy movie overall, like it's just a, a fresh of breath air for me that I don't have to wallow in my own pity, like watching watching movies, you know. Going back to Joker, which is just a outrageously it's so upsetting. Funny. Movie. It's so funny because it feels like every movie maybe is just, it's not. It is not this. Let me be clear. It's not it's, this. It's but not it Joker. It feels like every movie since I've seen Joker has felt like in some way a response to the sheer negativity of Joker. I think it's just because of how sheerly negative it is. Mm-hmm. But it, it's really good to see uh, some of these movies where you have, I mean, both these past movies have been about groups that are marginalized winning over systems that are trying to like you know oppress them or control them in some way and i think that's and and not and it's not doing that in the bra in the like grandiose like really on the nose sense i mean it's kind of on the nose but it's real like it's in real sense the real systemic issues that are being challenged and there's there are being victories over i think that is always empowering to see um and uh yeah i mean i want to see more movies like this yeah, I want to see more movies like this. And I want to see this movie, like, if anything, it's made me want to see more Eddie Murphy. Like, after years oh, of being like, yeah. eh. Like, if I were to hear, like, Eddie Murphy's new movie, I'd be like, whatever, pass. But this makes me want to see Eddie Murphy again. Like, more Eddie Murphy pictures. His, just the the feel of this movie, man. Just the, the oh, gosh, it's so electric. Like, you, it, it is just like, you just feel the rhythm of this movie inside of you. And it's, it's a really unique feeling that I, I've not felt before. It was awesome. Right. I can't think of like much to say against the movie either. It's like, yeah, I, I'm trying to think of like, if there's any like criticism I have, but it's like not, there's not it's much. It's so genuine you know? that I, I don't, I don't know. Like, I mean, cause even the criticism that I would normally have, like when you have a lot of like female nudity in the movie and not a lot of male nudity, I mm-hmm. think like not to be like, not like, Oh, it has to be equal. That would be kind of ridiculous. But at the same time, like in Hollywood, I'm very conscientious of the way that women are, are portrayed yeah. in movies. And I think it's fair. Uh, but, but even that, like it, it, it was a part of that movie's creation and, and it felt like it was done purposefully. It felt like it was used with purpose. Um, do I, uh, yeah, I mean like, that's the whole thing, right? Like any, any, any issue I'd normally love you towards like, oh, you know, like didn't need to be like, didn't need to have all these naked women or whatever. Like, it's like this movie kind of did it kind of everything when they employed, whether it be a sex scene or strippers or what have you like, and I'm, I'm saying this as someone who normally is very critical of the use of this stuff in movies. Um, not, not inherent to its existence, but just how it's employed sometimes can be bad. This I thought employed it really well. So it's like, all right. Yeah. I don't really have much to say. Yeah. I agree on that. So this is where this is like, I'm trying to think where I want to place this movie because there's not much I can think of that. Like, outright stands out is like eh, this held the movie back because nothing really held the movie back yeah so like i'm trying to think of where i want to place it like on a scale of one to ten so if you have an idea like yeah. start us off where do you rate this movie yes um so i i thought quite a bit about this um and i don't think it's like masterpiece status because it's i, I don't think it's trying to be that um but i, I i'd say like, i don't think it's going to redefine the cinema landscape but between eddie murphy's performance just the craft of this movie is so freaking good um and the story is amazing i i i'm gonna give it an eight um 
and I, I've been giving a lot of movies high scores and thinking like, oh, but it's just like there's been a lot of good movies we've had the pleasure of seeing. Yeah. And I think this is a great movie. Yeah, I was thinking the same area, like eight. But then I'm thinking like, you know, like with a movie like Peanut Butter Falcon, it's like I said that I think the pacing held it back from being like a nine. Then I moved Bump Joker down like from a nine to an eight. So I don't know. I feel like and I may change my opinion, like maybe yeah. on a rewatch or sure. further thinking about I, I it but do. i'm definitely given this for now i think i'm gonna land on an eight and a half kind of score but you know i i should rewatch this I because part of my it. issue and it might be evident like when listening to this part of my issue is that i went into this movie and then forgot to really analyze and review it right and because i was just enjoying the film same so much and, you know? and the sim- similar thing happened to me with peanut butter falcon the only thing that i think um the only reason i think peanut butter falcon for me got a nine i think the difference between an eight and a nine i think is very much a personal preference thing and that was mainly just because i got so emotionally invested in those characters in peanut butter falcon and there's so many characters in this that getting super invested in one is hard although what they do with those characters are also great i'm in the same boat as you i think if i watch this again i could give it a nine it's so freaking good it's just such a well-made movie but yeah it is and it's really funny because I called my parents while like earlier today and told them like, hey, we're going to be reviewing Dolomite. And my parents both watched the movie and all my mother, my mother let out the biggest groan possible. Just like, oh, gosh, because she had just watched this film and obviously the vulgar humor isn't for her. So your mileage on this movie is probably going to vary depending on like what your sense of humor is. And I'll say normally I don't get down with vulgar humor. Um but this, I mean, this, whatever. I could talk all day about what, well, how yeah. this references, like, modern comedy people saying, oh, you can't say anything anymore. And how this is, like, them being raunchy and pushing boundaries without being a-holes. Mm-hmm. Um, but long story short, uh, I, uh, for, despite the vulgarity, and I'm usually somebody who isn't that into that, I thought it was killer. Like, just yeah. so good. Right. So that's what we got to say about Dolomite is my name. So... Um, any other like parting thoughts on this before we uh, no, wrap man. the show up? Let's, let's wrap this thing. I don't yeah, know. for sure. So thank you guys so much for watching the movie. Um, watching the movie. Yeah, thank you, for watching this movie. <laughs> you should watch the movie, but thank you so much for watching our podcast and listening to us. Um, if you, depending on where you're listening to us, we are available on anchor.fm and Spotify. We post our shows, our audio show every one, every Saturday. I am like, my head is spinning right now. We post our show on Spotify and Anchor every Saturday. And we have a YouTube show that we post every Wednesday as well. So tune in, not next week, because we're taking a break next week. We're going on a a break. You you went like, tune in, not next week. (laughs) Not next week. I told you my head is spinning right now. But we're taking a break next week. I am heading off to Boston that week to... uh, film a short documentary that i'm working on but we'll be back again the week after that to talk about a mystery movie that we haven't decided yet so we'll figure that out when the time comes so be sure to look forward to that and we may just decide to do like a throwback episode or maybe we watch something in theaters or maybe we'll just let the audience like let our audience decide like hey you should guys should review this so. dangerous but i like it dangerous i'm a man of danger a man of danger all right yeah all right so thank you guys for tuning in and we'll see you guys again in the next episode